door. Now, my wife hadn't gotten in here yet, so we're going to bank on whoever's counting tonight that we get at least 15 people in the bathroom, right? Um, make sure you get them counted. Uh, we call that the Brother Frank Porter Method of Counting from Grace Church of the Nazarene. He walk around the building. I think we've got about 10 in the bathroom. I, don't, I hadn't gone in there to count, but we'll go ahead and make sure we get them marked down. But, hey, if it helps the kingdom grow, why not, right? <laughs> but we come here to worship tonight. If you haven't said hello to someone, you want to fellowship with someone, feel free to walk around, hug a neck or two. But otherwise, stand with us as we uh, sing on this song. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. I didn't get to see a hug for me. As a kid, I remember that my father said, hey, son, see that fire? If the logs get separated, the fire gets put out. Put them together so we get more fire. What I'm trying to say is that we can get all together. 
<laughs> it is okay. The Holy Spirit will descend at once, one shot. Foof. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon for the fellowship, and we thank you, Lord, that we have spent some quiet time, and we have reflected in the message, and we have reflected on the things that we need to do for you, Lord. We have listened to your word. We have established ourselves as your militants. We serve you, Lord, and as we serve you, we want to serve others, and we thank you for that opportunity, Lord. And we ask you to allow us to be in this place today so we can praise you, so we can t lift you up, O oh Lord, and tell you still, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this afternoon. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Isn't it sweet to trust in Jesus? You know, uh, a lot of things in life may fail us, but God never will. We fail Him plenty of times, but Jesus' name never fails, right? Uh, there's an old song uh, I used to sing. It says, Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Might as well get thee behind me, Satan. You will not prevail because Jesus never fails. Satan's going to throw some things your way, but do you know, and you stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ, you have a winner in your circle. You have a winner backing you, and you will overcome. You will come out of it stronger, and you'll come out of it better. So this evening, if you're trusting in the sweet name of Jesus, I want you to stand with me. I want you to worship with me as we sing out on this song. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust in more. In that fourth verse, it said, I'm so glad I learned to trust thee. 
and I know that thou art with me, and you'll be with me till the end. There's coming a day when he will come, and we need to be ready, and that's going to be a glorious day. But he lived so he could love us. He died so he could save us. He was buried to take our sins away. He rose to justify us and free us forever. And one day he's coming, oh glorious day. Sing out on that, you know this song. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The Word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree, and took the nails for me. Living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascending, my Lord, evermore. Death cannot hold him, the grave cannot keep him from rising again. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Wonderful day my beloved one is bringing. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day, oh glorious day. Amen.
the Savior now to wash our feet. Now at his feet we defeat you allow yourself to be resurrected you're going to find that no matter what you go through no matter how deep the waters are how bad the storms are you'll find peace in it and that peace comes from God and it comes from the strength that you get from him and we know that um, his peace wants to flow through you like a river he doesn't want to leave us wallowing sorrow and pity. Don't want to leave us wallowing in the pits that we find ourselves in. 
stained as we may be, he wants to lift us up and make us more so that we can all sing that it is well with our soul. Y'all sing this with us. Pick up on that chorus for me, Andrew. the 
can stand with me and if you have somebody right next to you just grab their hands if you can reach to somebody else grab your hands this is what we do when we serve the Lord when we come to church we are connected by Jesus Christ and we pray for each other. And we do that. When we pray for each other, that's what we're doing. We're holding hands. Because you're praying for me, and I'm praying for you. Because I love you, and you love me too. And that's what we do. Always think about that when you're praying for somebody. And just look around and see who you have right next to. Look around and see who's praying for you every day. Look around and see who is praying for you. Don't be alone. You're not alone. You, we were singing that we are not alone. He will be with us forever. And guess who's with you too? Thank you, Father, for this beautiful time that you have, you have given us. We thank you and we appreciate what you have done for us. How amazing you are that you sent your son, your only son, to give his life for us. And now that we are justified, justified means like we, like we have never seen, and he did it for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for this family that is here, that is connected to each other by the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, because we are praying for each other. If somebody is not here, we're going to pray for that somebody that did not show up tonight. Oh, it's not here. We're praying for the sick and we're praying for that person that needs prayer. And united in one prayer, we ask you, Lord, that you protect this church, that you keep them safe, that you keep them alive, that you keep them with that desire to come and praise you, adore you. I ask you, Lord, to be with us this night. And if there is something, we're still praying for, for the prison ministry. We're still praying for the sick. We're still praying for the families that are going through death. We're still praying for that. But we want to pray for the body that is here tonight. Touch every single life that is here tonight. And that they can feel this connection that they have right now. Even when they're not connected at home or everywhere. That they can think about the other person. And pray for that person any chance they have. Bring them together. Closer. So they can work together. And bring the king, your kingdom. Expand your kingdom. For you, Lord. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sing that chorus just one more time. It is well. It is well. With my soul. With my soul. Would you lead in prayer on that?
Anyone here tonight needs prayer? Anyone here needs prayer? We would like to pray for you. If the elders can help me. You lay hands on her. Father, we are here. And we've been asking you for this moment. We don't have where to go but you. And we come to you because you are our God, our only God. And we believe that and we live that with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And we are anointing our sister. And we are laying hands on her. And we ask him, you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, to bring healing to her body. To get any illness or any disease out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe that and we believe you can do that, oh Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you. And we will keep on praying for her. And I know she believes this. And you will do what it needs to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this moment. And we thank you for this opportunity in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The name of this message tonight is, He Called Me By My Name. He called me by my name. Did he call you by your name? (laughs) How did you feel when he called you by your name? (laughs) One day, you know, I used to live in New New Jersey, And I used to go to New York with my brother. And we had some friends in New York. And the train station in New York, I think it's on 33rd Street or 40-something Street. I don't remember. I've been here too many years. But the station was huge, big. And this friend of mine, he's calling my name, Julio, Julio. And I'm just walking with my brother. I say, somebody's calling Julio. So I'm turning, and as I'm turning, and there's a holy over there, there's a holy over there, and there's a, we all turn. <laughs> How beautiful it is when they call you by your name. Isn't that amazing when somebody calls you by your name? He knows my name. One person, and you feel that way. Amazing when the Lord calls you by your name. Oh, he knows my name. He knows my name. The story that I'm going to tell you, and by the way, many of you told me that it it was a good message today. I just told you the story from the Bible. It's God's story. It was not mine. It's amazing what he does, right? When you want to get into his word. And tonight I would like you to go into Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. And probably you have had a lot of preachers bring sermons about this lecture, this, this, all these verses. Zacchaeus. Is that the way you say it in English? Zacchaeus? We call him saqueo in Spanish. It's easy, right? 
there is so many words in, in those verses that we can capture and we can put in a way that we can understand what truly God was doing at that moment. And it's amazing what he does and the way he brings these words. Who's bringing it? Luke. Dr. Luke. He did a lot of investigation. He did a lot of follow-ups. And he, he likes to bring the whole thing, the whole truth, and, you know, exactly the way he was. Here, it, here is Dr. Luke doing his investigation. And probably Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeo, I will call it Zacchaeo, 10 years after the death and resurrection of our Lord, 10 years after, here comes him, and he tells, look, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this story. What happened with me? Because who else will tell that story if not he's the same person that went through that? And he said, let me tell you that story. Let me tell you what he did for me. And the one thing that I will never forget is that he called me by my name. Amazing that he did that. He called me by my name. If you can, you know, help me with that story, we can read it. And I think uh, we did it in English and in Spanish. Right? So, the story goes... Jesus, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A, ma a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must, put attention to that word, I must. In some other versions it says, it is necessary for me to stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw these and began to mutter, He has gone to that to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. It's amazing to see a lot of variables that the Lord is trying to tell us in this, or give us in this story, that if we don't catch up, we're going to remain as the people that were accusing Jesus. Oh, he's going to the house of a sinner. We have to put attention to what the Bible wants to tell us. And it's amazing how descriptive Luke tries to be, because he wants to give us deta details of what, we need to put attention when we are serving the Lord and we are receiving people into his church or we are meeting people outside or we looking at people, or we working with people, or we have any relationship with people. He wants us to be careful with the way we treat them or the way we say things to them or the way we look at them. Because the Bible is very descriptive. The Bible says that the man was short. How short? Because there is average. I might be a short person compared to people from Finland. Right? But there is averages on every country. But the Bible is very descriptive. He says it was short. So maybe he was this short. So 
So if you have a person coming to this, short, this church and he's short, what do you do? That's what they were doing. They were making fun of him. He saw the need. He saw the need. He saw that Jesus Christ was coming. He was passing by and he needed to see Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was a rich man, a tax collector. People were not fond of him. They hated tax collectors because they were robbing the same countrymen. were robbing the same countrymen. They were taking their money. They were giving the, the Romans what they needed to get, but he was on the side putting it in his pocket and becoming rich and rich and rich. But he was a, not a, sim, a simple tax collector. He was a chief. So he was a manager. He had connections. He had probably connections with the king of that country or with the, with the top hierarchy of the Roman Empire. And he had connections. People didn't like him. They hated him. They couldn't use him to be a witness. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything. People hated him. And besides that, he was short. How would you feel if you were hated by everyone and passing by here and you, all of you hate me? How do you think I will feel if nobody's talking to me, nobody's saying hi, nobody's saying anything to me, and my life is miserable? My life has, even though I have everything, but I don't have you. As human beings, we need people, right? We need that connection. And he was going through rough times because he was being rejected. Everywhere and every place he went, he was being rejected. The Bible says nobody liked him, and he wanted to see Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible says that there was a sycamore tree that probably the branch was like this, and he wanted to see Jesus Christ, and he was going to do everything in his power to see him. But guess what? He couldn't do it with money. And many times we see that people have all they needs covered but they have an empty hole that only Christ can fill. And he was that type of person. Probably he was depressed. Probably he was going through a time in which he was thinking on, my life is worthless. I have nothing else to live for. Maybe if I kill myself, that will solve the problem. But Jesus is coming. Let me see if I can reach out. Because if he, if he was a person that was accepted by everyone, probably somebody will say, Zacchaeus, you know that Jesus is coming and you want to see him. Let me help you. Let me carry you on my shoulders and you will be able to see him. Or, or, or you come in and you want to pass through and you want to climb that tree. We'll, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll help you do that. Nobody was helping him. Nobody was doing anything for him. But he tried his best because he knew Jesus was coming and he has something for him. He knew he was going to get something. And he wanted to see him. And he ran and he climbed that tree. And probably at the time he was doing that, people were calling him names. Didn't you, when you were a kid, will call names to somebody that was something like that? Didn't you call him names? You flat nose or you pancake house, uh, face or something like that. They were probably calling names. And it's amazing that that happens in churches too. That probably somebody comes with a lot of tattoos and we start questioning that. Or a handicapped person comes in here and we just back up on them. And we start thinking here. We don't say it here, but we start thinking here. Or oh, a homosexual comes in here. We're not saying it, but it goes through here. And you know what the Lord said? I must. I must. Go through there. I must. 
it is necessary for me to go there. You know why? Because the Jesus man knew that he had to do something. The human Jesus. But at the same time, he's Emmanuel, which means what? God knew the need of this person. And he knew what he needed to do with that person. And he had to go there. Have you seen that before in the Bible? Those that are smart that have read that Bible, have you, have you seen that before? Have you seen it in John chapter 4? The woman, the Samaritan woman, it is necessary for me to pass through there. Do you remember that? He said, he, got, he went there and he went to that place and he asked the woman for water. That was the first thing that he asked. And he was with his 12 disciples. And then he asked them, go get food. The 12 of them went to get food. Do you need 12 people to go pick up lunch? That's God planning that moment in which he's going to be with you alone and talk to you alone. In the Last Supper, how many people went and picked up food? How many went and prepared the place? Do you see what I'm coming from? He will plan things for your life, to get closer to you, to change your life the way you need it, the way it's necessary for you to save your soul. I must, he says, I must, I must. But us, as a tax collector guy, he's rich, and that's why we hated him. We don't accept him. We don't want him here. But guess what the Lord was saying? No, 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 no. He needs me. He needs me. Maybe he's thinking I'm doing something wrong. And I got to get there. Guess what the Samaritan woman did when he heard? Oh, he must be the Messiah. Let me tell you people what he told me. He told me my, my whole story. God knows your story very well. And he knows what you're going through right now. The pain, the anguish, the suffering, all these things he knows. The bullying. He knows that you're short. Maybe when he comes back the second time and we get this new body with this new dressing, maybe he will make you taller. <laughs> I, I don't know if he puts attention to that, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. But what the Samaritan woman did is she went when she heard that and when she got closer to God and she got into that relationship with God, she went and told everyone else. You are, you, each one of you or the Samaritan woman. You need to go and tell him what he has done for you. Let me tell you what he did when he called me by my name. Let me tell you what he's doing now in my life. Let me tell you that. And it's amazing what he does when he changes your life. It's amazing what he's going to do. And I just want to read something. Because he did it. He did it in the Old Testament. Rahab. Is that Rahab the prostitute? James and Hebrews. When you read those books, what it says? Those books call him Rahab or they call him Rahab the prostitute. What is God trying to tell us? Hey, listen, guys. Even though Rahab in the Old Testament was saved and became a new creature, a new human being, and had Boaz as his son. 
God wants to tell you where he got you out of from. And he wants to remind us by showing us Rahab, the prostitute, where he can get people out of. It's a reminder for us of what he can do for you and for me. David, he, has, he had his best friend. What was the name of his best friend? The son of King Saul? Jonathan. Thank you. What they promised to each other. What Jonathan and David promised to each other. I promise to protect your family. If you, fa if you die, I promise to take care of your family and you will do the same for me. And Jonathan had a son, and when they killed Saul, a servant tried to take this baby and run away with the baby, and the baby fell and fractured his legs. What's the name of the baby? Mephibosheth. What happened with that baby? He fractured his legs. He couldn't walk no more, no longer. And one day, David said, hey, by the way, is there anybody from the family of Jonathan that I need to take care? And there, yes, there is one. And he lives in this poor neighborhood. Go get him. Because I'm going to take care of that promise I did with Jonathan. And guess what these... Now, old person is, is thinking, I'm being persecuted. At any time, the king is going to send me to jail and probably or execute me or kill me or do whatever. And he's like kind of hiding or doing something. And when he sees the soldiers coming in, he says, oops, I'm doomed. I'm done. The king found me. I'm going to say, you need to go see the king. The soldiers are not going to tell him what the reason is. Oops. Thank you very much for everything you did. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. But when he got there, hey, listen, I have something with your father. And I promised I was going to take care of you. And now you're going to be sitting here in the royal table. And you're going to live like a king. He was handicapped. Who did that? God did it. God doesn't see handicaps. God doesn't see a problem with people from other countries or from other races, colors. He doesn't see that problem. He must take care of them. And that's the same way we need to. We need to take care of them. We need to love them. And one of the greatest things that you did, guys, is open the doors for a Spanish mission over here. And God wants that on every single church, that you open the doors. Because he has opened the doors for everyone. And he's going to take care of everyone. And he wanted to take care of our friend, Zacchaeus. Come down. Guess what he did? I think he came down faster than he went up. Oh, he called me by my name. I don't know how the Lord knew his name. Maybe when they were calling him names. Or they were bullying the guy. Maybe... But it's God, right? He knows everything. And he came down. And when he came down, he, he, he didn't know what to do. But guess what? The voice of authority has called his name. Come down. And guess what he did? I need to stay in your house. I must go to your house. Guess who was leading the pack now? Zacchaeus was leading the pack. Because probably the Lord didn't know where his house was. Follow me, he said. Do you, you're going to see the change that went through his life after he found out that somebody was putting attention to him, that somebody was calling him by his name, that somebody was showing him love, that somebody was there for him. Now put yourself in that position. Who are you taking care at this moment? Who are you caring for at this moment? Who are you putting attention to at this moment? Who are you doing that? 
Because the Lord is not here, but you are. And you're taking his place in this world. Just put yourself in that position. And you know what he said? All the people saw this, right? And began to mutter, He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. And the Lord didn't care about that. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What heart was taking action there? What was happening to that life? Change. By listening to who? To Jesus. If you listen to Jesus on a daily basis, your heart will go to that person that needs him. And you'll be able to tell that story, or maybe this story, or your story. Because your story is more powerful than a preaching. It is more powerful. Has power beyond our understanding. Tell your story to somebody. Change lives. Put attention to what the need is. One, uh, one of my mentors back when I was in, in, in the teen years... Uh, he came from Argentina, and he said, we need to be the salt of the world, not the device where we put the salt. And we need to listen with God's ears when somebody's asking for help. And you know what you're going to hear? Man, when you hear that, you're going to hear that somebody needs your help. Put attention to that. Majority of the time, we use these more and these less. And we have two of these. Learn to listen more. And probably be quiet for some time so you can listen the total story of that person. And you can help that person. Because God has put you there to help that person. It must be necessary for you to help that one that doesn't know the Lord. It is your responsibility to do that. It's our responsibility. And we need to do it every time. It's not when we want or we have a preference. This one, yes. Maybe not, not this one. Not that one, but that one. You know what we do sometimes? We just put filters in front of us. And we try to filter things because we already know. I know who she is and I know what she can do. I don't want to relate with her. I want to stay out with her. Away from her. Don't do that. The Lord doesn't do that. He loves everyone. And he will take care of everyone. It's amazing what he does. Even he calls you by your name. And it's amazing that this man said, if I cheated on everyone, I will pay him four times. What is your reputation nowadays? You say you call yourself Christian. Are you truly one? Are you behaving like one? Are you just maintaining that condition? This man received the Lord and his life changed. Many of us have received the Lord and our life has changed because he care and he will care for you until you die and he will take care of you. Don't you think it's time for us to do the same for somebody that needs God? One thing that I think about is 
Adolf Hitler killed seven and a half million Jews. When it comes to judgment, every single one of those is going to count against him. You think about this. Every time a life gets, gets safe in the Spanish church, it's going to count on your side. And those far, 14 people have accepted the Lord. And two have come back. And more will come. You guys pray for this and you ask the Lord for this. And it's happening. And that's going to count in your bank account. And you pray for that. And we will pray for you. But with that, I'm not telling you to sit tight and wait for that. No, you have to do your job. You have to be out there and bring the people here so they can get safe. And that is going to add into your bank account in heaven. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're short, if they're rich, if they, it doesn't matter. You bring them in. You hear? You bring them in because the Lord will take care of them. I must help them. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Father, we thank you this night. We thank you because you have been good to us. And it doesn't matter who we are. You have brought us out where, from where we were. And you have rescued us. And you have saved us. Because you loved us from the very beginning. And it doesn't matter what we did or what condition we were. That love of yours was sufficient for us. And now that we are saved, we want to tell you thank you. We want to tell you, Lord, that we want to go out there and bring the people in here. Because there is a lot of them dying out there spiritually. And you, it's coming closer that soon you will be coming in. And I don't want nobody, nobody. And I will try my best for everyone, to invite everyone to come into church. I will do my best. We will do our best to invite people to church because they need it. People out there need it, need church, just like you did save my life and you rescued me. And you did everything that it was in your power to do so. Now that I'm safe, I feel the need to go out there and knock on doors and ask people, invite people to church because they need that. Brothers and sisters, consider this. Every time you have a chance, invite somebody to church. Bring them to church. It doesn't matter who they are. They need Jesus just like you did one time. And he will do the job when you get him in here. Or maybe you can do a service in your house. God will be there too. Thank you, Lord, for this time. And thank you for the opportunity you have given us tonight. And I thank you, Lord, because you are amazing. And you will do great things with my brothers and sisters from this church. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. amen.